He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. A busy week of interviews continues with one of hard rock and heavy metal's greatest drummers. He played with Black Sabbath and Dio most notably. And regarding the latter, has done something really cool we're excited to talk to him about. He is Vinny Apice. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for your time today. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Last Saturday marked 10 years since the passing of your friend and former bandmate, the great Ronnie James Dio. You, along with your brother Carmine and a few others, have just put out a tribute to Ronnie on YouTube. Tell me the story of how Monsters and Heroes, the song, came to be, and then the idea for the video, too. Well, the song was a song that Carmine had. Uh, they wrote it for King Cobra. Carmine was involved in the writing, a couple of guys from the King Cobra. Uh, including Paul Shortino, who wrote the lyrics. But they didn't use it for King Culver. And when we were recording our album, Carmine and I, we did an album a couple of years ago. He played me the song, and it was perfect to put on the album, especially with the lyrics being about Ronnie and uh, my relationship with Ronnie. So we put it on the on the album. And then a few weeks ago, I'm sitting there watching some of these virus videos, you know, that people are doing. And I thought, you know, we should do one. And we got Ronnie's anniversary coming up. And maybe we should do Monsters and Heroes and have a tribute for Ronnie on the day, the anniversary. I told Carmine about it, and he loved it. And then we got our band that we play with live. We do a lot of uh, live shows, Carmine and I, and that's our band. So that's how the video came about. And luckily, our guitar player, Artie, knows how to cut video and edit and do all that stuff. So yeah. He did a great job. <laughs> You've dubbed it the lockdown edition with all the players situated in different places, which I'm sure presented some unique challenges even beyond the uh, audiovisual challenges you just mentioned. Yeah. It was, uh, well, it was, it was easy in the sense that we play this song live and Carmine and I do break up the drum parts, as you see. Uh, he plays as I play, he plays, we both play, that kind of thing. So um, that was easy. We played it so many times, you know. The, the hard part was actually, as when you're recording audio, you could take it and if you make a mistake, you could punch in or you could started from the beginning but here with a video you have to start the video from the beginning and if you make a mistake you have to start it from the beginning again yeah be all one take so <laughs> that was the most challenging part yeah between you and carmine two of the most impressive resumes in all of hard rock and heavy metal but what i think is really interesting is that prior to just a few years ago with the sinister album you mentioned the two of you had never really crossed paths professionally speaking what was it like having grown up with carmine watching him leave home to pursue music and then following suit yourself a few years later uh well it was pretty amazing and very inspiring as a kid it started when he had to uh, the band in the family house in Brooklyn, they would rehearse in the house, you know, and I would sit there and watch them. And I was totally inspired by the music and the guys and the gear, all the wires and amps. It's like, this is amazing. This is great. So I want to do this. So that got my fire going. And then I witnessed Carmine, you know, moving up and then get with the fudge and, playing and becoming successful 
and I was going to the shows. Uh, my parents would take me because that was there's 11 years difference in our age. Yep. So that was very inspiring, and uh, you know, it just showed that look, this is where you can get if you're successful, play in front of all these people and and uh, you know, tour the world and. I wanted to do the same thing, so I buckled down and really practiced and took it seriously and kept my eyes open, you know, and ears open, learned whenever I could, and uh, that was it. And then uh, finally, we did, in the early 90s, we did do some uh, drum clinics together, and that went very well, but uh, we never really had time to sit down and, uh, you know, do stuff like an album together. Right. So finally, uh, about three years ago, we go, you know what? Let's do that album we always wanted to do. And that's what we did. We got a deal on SPV records and, and, uh, we were able to pull it off and it's a pretty damn good record. For sure. And I listened to it. You know? For sure. It's a unique, unique album. Cause when we play together, just like the video, one of us on the left, one of us on the right. It's a stereo mix of drums, two drum sets. I love, yes, I love that. By the way, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, Vinny, but I've only ever heard you mention it in passing. The pronunciation of your last name and how each of your siblings have a different interpretation of it is something I've never heard of before. <laughs> yeah, this has been going on for years and years and years and years. <laughs> uh, the name my father pronounced is Apathy. Okay. And Carmine used to say Apathy. And then when he played with Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart pronounced it a piece. He said, uh, that's easy or whatever. So he became Carmine a piece, and I became, I stayed with Vinnie Apathy. And we have an older brother, Frank, and he pronounces it a peach, like the Italian way. Yeah. So there's three different ways to say the name, and it gets a bit confusing <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Especially when you and your brother are trying to promote an album together, right? Yeah, well, the album's, yeah, we just put the name, the last name on the album. We say it's A-P-P-I-C-E. We don't even pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Vinny, you mentioned your parents a bit ago. Were they fans of uh, both Carmine and, and what you were doing as well as you uh, were coming up the ranks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they were totally supportive. They loved the fact that uh, we played music and uh, they went to all the shows, you know, even uh, the big, the early shows with the Vanilla Fudge. They took me and my sister to the shows. You know, they always went, and uh, they were very supportive. And and uh, you know, my mom passed on a little early on, and then my my father, you know, would come to the show, and I'd sit him and his fiance later on, right behind Tony Iommi's sack of amps to watch the show. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, he loved it. Best seat right. in the house, right there. Oh, Vinny Apice is my guest today. 2017 inductee into the Hall of Heavy Metal History for his contributions as a drummer with Black Sabbath and Dio, among others. Do you think your work with John Lennon added some credibility to that honor by chance? Uh, well, John's not really heavy metal, but it definitely <laughs> added credit, credibility to my resume. I, yeah, I say that yeah. a little a little tongue-in-cheek, because that's a pretty amazing uh, story, too, early on in your career. Yeah, you know, being in the right place at the right time and being good. And we wound up doing, my band did uh, hand claps on the song, Whatever Gets You Through the Night. And then we wound up uh, also doing three videos he asked us to do. 
and we did um, a couple of recordings for the owner of the record plant's wife that never were released, but John produced. And then we also did uh, his last live appearance as John Lennon. And that was at the New York Hilton in New York, and that was like 1975. Oh, wow. I didn't know that until it came out a few years ago in the guitar magazine. There was a picture of John and my band. I'm right next to him. And it says, John Lennon's last gig. And I was like, that was his last gig? I didn't even know that. So uh, I freaked out. I was like, man, I played his last gig? That's incredible. And not many people can say that. That's, uh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So going back to the very beginning of your relationship with Ronnie, were you aware of his work with Rainbow or any of his other back catalog stuff before Sabbath? Uh, not really, believe it or not. I heard Man on the Silver Mountain, Long Live Rock and Roll, but I wasn't a Rainbow fan, you know, so I didn't really get into Ronnie, you know, just I heard the songs that were the popular songs and that was it. So, uh, you know, I did, that's why when I went down and met him the first time on the Sabbath, rehearsal you know it was like i wasn't that familiar with all his history so it's pretty amazing when you think about it for sure you know the circumstances too that led to your opportunity what was the vibe like among the band specifically tony and geezer considering the guy they were looking to replace bill ward departed as hastily as he did well he left them hanging kind of because they were supposed to do mcnichols arena in denver and uh he didn't show up, so they had to cancel this big date. And then they came to L.A. to look for a drummer, and they got my number. The tour manager called me and said, hey, you wanna, you're looking for a drummer. This is Black Sabbath. You want to uh, come down and meet Tony, Naomi, and see how you guys get on. I said, sure. The ironic thing before that was a couple of months before that, I got in a phone call from Sharon Osbourne. Oh, wow. And she was telling me that they're putting a band together with Ozzy, and uh, they were going to fly me to England to go hang out with Ozzy to see how it went, because they heard me play and they liked me and stuff. But I turned that down because I spoke to my brother Carmine, and he said, Ozzy's pretty crazy. <laughs> you know. And I was young, and I had never been overseas. and So I turned it down, and then like a month later, I get a call from Sabbath, which is pretty ironic and then uh that was in california so i went down met tony we got on good next day i met uh, the rest of the band ronnie geezer and jeff nichols keyboardists and we only had four days to rehearse and that was the only uh i was the only drummer they have ever played with other than bill ward at that point so it was a big uh big thing to step into those shoes it, you know? did you feel that pressure at all or were you just in there excited to have the opportunity well, I was excited to have the opportunity, but I was so concentrating on we only have four days to get this tight and learn all these songs. Hmm. So that took that took the uh, focus off of anything else. You know, I went in thinking, okay, I got to do the best thing, the best job I can. We got to be tight and all that. No, it didn't. It, I didn't sit there and go, wow, I'm playing with Black Sabbath. We're going to Hawaii. Oh, wow. I mean, nobody would have blamed you if that is how it was. No, nah, that wasn't it. It was like, holy oh, shit, I, I got to learn 15 songs. And there's <laughs> a lot of parts of these songs. How am I going to do this? You know, I spent every minute listening and writing and 
studying these songs. Fast forward to 1982, uh, Vinny. Dio is leaving Black Sabbath. You go with him on his quest as a solo artist. Looking back, I'm sure you wouldn't change a damn thing. It all worked out really well, obviously. But at the time, were there was there any uncertainty about whether or not it was the right thing to do? Well, you know, at that time I had a choice. Ronnie was leaving the band, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to join him and start a new band. And Tony and Geezer kind of wanted me to stay with them, you know, so it was a big choice. I just thought it was a bit easier to uh, play with Ronnie. We're both in California, and it would be, you know, easier than than working, going back and forth to England. So, um, so it was, it was, you know, and then it was a more exciting. Like we're going to start a new band with this, you know, Ronnie singing. I mean, it's pretty exciting, you know. Mm. So I chose to go that route and. Uh, and we got along really well. He's, you know, we were like brothers. We had a lot of fun together. Create a lot of great music and uh, can't complain. During the height of all of this, did either you or Ronnie, was it hard to sort of put it down and like separate yourself once in a while when you had a break, a, ch- a chance to take a breath? And in those moments, uh, what sorts of things did you do to, to I don't know, feel normal? Well, you know, uh, we got off the road with Sabbath. We did a lot of touring, and then we had some time, obviously, off because we had to go put this band together. We had to go to England and find. That's how we found Vivian, and so there was time off. And then once we started on the album, we kept going, 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 going. Finished the album. Then there was a tour book, but we were having so much fun. We didn't care. The longer, the better. Mm. We would see the world by continent by continent. You know. And uh, the tour was that big. And uh, and then when there was time off, uh, back then, you know, I went, went up, to, you know, like go up to Hearst Castle in California, go spend some couple of days there, do things like that, you know, go stay at the beach and relax. They did things like that, you know. Did you and Ronnie spend a lot of time together in that off time? Or when you guys took a break or a breather, you know, you didn't really hang out much outside of that? No, we hung out a little bit, you know. Sometimes it, he was with Wendy then. We we were two couples and we'd go to dinner or we'd go, you know, go away somewhere. But more or less, we didn't hang out that much, you know. When you're with a band, you know, you're doing all this stuff all the time. So when you get a break you go i want to see (laughs) (laughs) i figured as much i've always been curious when you left dio and teamed up with jeff pilson for the flesh and blood project were those seeds kind of planted a few years prior when vivian was let go uh no vivian was uh let go and then craig came in and we continued then the band started changing then jimmy fame wasn't the basis anymore and there was so many changes. It didn't seem like the same band anymore. And then, uh, you know, I decided to leave and go pursue my own thing while I'm young and still happening. So that's why I kind of left. And then Jeff was putting his thing together and we hooked up. I love Jeff. He's a great guy. We know each other for years. So we put our band together and we tried to give it, give it a shot, you know? And, uh, we just didn't hook that record deal in time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, we just split, went out different ways. I mentioned Pilsen and, of course, Campbell, two of many big-time talents you've played alongside throughout this incredible career of yours. Was there ever what you would consider the perfect lineup of musicians at any point along that timeline where things just really clicked? Um, well, 
it was obviously the, the Dio band, you know, the original Dio band, it was Jimmy, Ronnie, and I. And then uh, there was uh band World War Three, which was Jimmy Bain was in, and he called me, and I went and played with them and did the album. That was a, a, a really cool band that really gelled, but uh, it didn't last long because of some fighting going on, not with me, but mm-hmm. with other people. And uh, it kind of broke that up, you know, so. Sure. But the Dio band was the greatest, and so was Sabbath. Sabbath was, you know, when it, when it was in the happy moment, it was amazing. A couple quick items before I let you go, Vinny, and again, a big thanks for your time today, man. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Have you ever heard a voice since then that caught your attention like Ronnie's? Not exactly. You know, Ronnie was Ronnie. He sang the way he sang. He brought, uh, you know, he's singing metal. He's able to hit it and powerful and but operatic too, you know. And uh, you got to compare that with like Rob Halford, uh, you know, somebody that could sing that good. And uh, Chris Cornell, Ronnie liked the way Chris sang a lot and Rob. Those were his two favorite singers, and so was Glenn Hughes, who's not really a metal singer. But uh, yeah, everybody does it a little different, you know. But those are four great singers right there. That's who comes to mind, especially Rob Halford. You know, he had the power and the, and the balls to do it. Yeah, there was a, a mutual admiration there. I know that for a fact. And uh, it's interesting you bring up Chris Cornell. We, of course, just passed the uh, anniversary of his passing as well. And uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that that Dio was a big fan of Chris's. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like too many people, but he sure liked uh, he liked Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't it, like Chris. If that's if that's the truth, the one time I met him, he must have been putting on one hell of an acting job because he boy he couldn't have been nicer. I was so thrilled to meet him. Yeah, Ronnie was a great great person. Uh, he's always uh, very very nice and uh, made you feel at home, made you feel comfortable, and remembered your name. He's always remembered names very well for sure. Any plans on doing more of this sort of thing, or, or do you have something else in the pipeline that you're excited about upcoming? I mentioned Vivian. Anything from Last in Line, perhaps, coming up? Well, we're working on uh, the third album, and, uh, you know, we were doing pretty good up until this stuff started and the things happening in the world. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're just getting back in the swing of things, and we got six songs recorded, almost finished. So we want to finish on, finish up those, and then maybe uh, get together soon. And we got other ideas and things down on tape that we need to listen to and work on. So, so the last line is going to be the third album, and we're really excited about that. It's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to hearing that as well. I'm a big fan, and uh, again, can't thank you enough for your time. Reminder to check out the video for Monsters and Heroes on Vinny Appice's YouTube channel. I'll post the link to it along with this interview on my blog at laser1033.com as well. Vinny, this has been great. You're welcome back on these airwaves anytime, man. Thank you so much, Andy, and it's great to be here. And uh, everybody be safe out there. Hopefully uh, we'll see you soon. And, uh with some live music. For sure. Whatever that is. <laughs> I hope so. I, I've got my fingers crossed. And uh, be well. Take care of yourself, Vinny. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye.